What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the BTR Show podcast for Monday, October 2nd. We had a fun week five in the Big Ten. Uh, the stakes weren't as high as they were last week, and we didn't have an Ohio State-Notre Dame level matchup, but I think we had a lot of good interconference games, uh, smaller sample size of games as well, only seven games on the slate this week. Uh, we're going to go through those. I have my Big Ten power rankings we can talk about. Uh, you guys know I love power rankings, right? Uh, they're a lot of fun, and I encourage everyone at home to put together your own rankings. Um, and I want to go through some of the other big news and big games that went down in college football this week. Uh, we actually almost had the upset of the season. Uh, that Northwestern-Penn State game was way too close uh, until Penn State pulled away in the fourth. But credit to Northwestern, though. They came in playing with a lot of heart. I like to see it. We had America's darling Deion Sanders and his Colorado team get beat up on again for the second week in a row. Uh, last week it was Oregon. This week it was USC. Uh, this actually ended up being a pretty exciting game, though, later in the second half. Uh, 48-41 was the final. Uh, I'd be a little concerned with USC's defense if I were a fan of the Trojans team. Um, they had like a 27-point lead at one point in this game. They blew that. Uh, they fell three spots in the AP poll last week after failing the eye test. Uh, I'm curious to see what the voters will do this week after that defense failed the eye test again. Uh, but with that being said, Caleb Williams is just awesome. I, I'm excited to see him play on Sundays next year. Uh, every week, he's proving why he'll be the number one pick in next year's draft. I know there's been some talk of Drake May, but no, just just no. It's going to be Caleb Williams. Uh, and then on the other side, I, I've been one of those people who's been pulling for Colorado. I feel like Dion's added a whole new layer of enjoyment to the game. He's getting a lot more eyes on college football this year. Uh, it's a bummer to see them lose, especially in the fashion they lost these last two weeks. But really, I mean, it's probably expected, right? Oregon and USC were the superior teams, deeper at almost every position. And I, I started thinking, if you went back probably not since the early 2000s has the Pac-12 looked this good. It's been a long time. I mean, I love the Big Ten, obviously. This is a Big Ten podcast, but it'd be tough for me to argue with you if you wanted to tell me that the Pac-12 was the best conference in college football right now. It's not just Oregon and USC, but you have this upstart Colorado team who's going to be around for a long time if Dion commits there. Uh, you have Washington and Michael Penix Jr., who's maybe the best offense in the country right now. Uh, you have Utah and Oregon State and Washington State. So much talent out west, and it's really a bummer that this conference is dissolving after this year. It, if this is really it for the Pac-12, they're going out on top, that's for sure. Um, we also had some other news come out at the end of last week uh, that directly ties into this Pac-12. Uh, the CFP committee announced that they'll be shelving talks of that 12-team playoff until the Pac-12 situation plays itself out. So this 12-team playoff was originally supposed to kick off next season, and I think just about everyone has been in favor of it. However, it's kind of tough when the Pac-12 was to get an automatic bid, and the only two teams that will be in the Pac-12 next season are Washington State and Oregon State. As of right now, it's literally going to be a two-team conference next season, and right now the playoff is a 6-plus-6 six six model, at least for the next two years. So they either have to go to a 5-plus-7 model and allow another at-large bid, or they got to figure something else out. Um, I did see that there's some speculation that the Pac-12 will merge with the Mountain West, but then that brings up the question whether or not the Pac-12 slash Mountain West would still be considered a Power 5 conference, allowing them an automatic bid into the 12-team playoff. Right now, it's kind of a mess, and I'm curious to see where it ends up. Um, we had some other big games around the world of college football as well. Uh, number one, Georgia almost lost on Saturday. They beat Auburn 27-20. to uh, Oregon State upset number 10, Utah 21-7. to uh, Number three, Texas smashed number 24, Kansas. Uh, Quinn Ewers is another guy who will be playing on Sundays in the very near future. Uh, over 300 yards passing for him in this one. Seriously, 
look for him and Drew Aller to be top picks two years from now in the 2025 draft. Um, how about Jonathan Brooks in that game? 218 yards rushing. That's a good day on the ground. Um, we had number 13 LSU traveling to number 20 Ole Miss. Uh, 55 to 49, Ole Miss gets the win. Uh, Ole Miss had two different quarters in this game where they put up 21 points. That's that's kind of unreal. Uh, and that's two losses now for LSU. Uh, they're going to take a significant fall in the rankings. It's tough to come back from two early season losses. Uh, we had number 11, Notre Dame, coming off that loss last week versus Ohio State, taking on number 17, Duke. Outside of the Big Ten games this week and USC Colorado, this was probably the game that intrigued me the most. Uh, look, the Blue Devils are good this year, and I was I was really hoping that Notre Dame was going to catch another loss here. Um, they did not. Uh, they got the win. It was close though, twenty-one to fourteen. They needed this win. They're five and one. They're still a long shot. They, they need a lot to happen, but they still have a very small shot at the playoffs. Um, quickly, my, my biggest winners and losers from the weekend, biggest loser has to be Utah. It, it's tough. I know they're playing without their quarterback, Cam Rising, but I think they're going to fall significantly in the polls this week. They're, they're at 10. Um, they were at 10. May, maybe they fall somewhere into the 20s. Uh, they got to be ranked behind Oregon State now. And, and my biggest winner has to be either Kentucky, who's 5-0 and now. Uh, they'll be ranked as soon as the AP poll comes out, uh, or, or Texas, who's just rolling through teams right now. Uh, they just beat a good Kansas team. Quinn Ewers is the real deal, uh, and they look like a team that is built for the college football playoff. Uh, we had a lot of good college football this weekend, but to get back to the Big Ten, we should probably get into these Week 5 games. What do you guys think? All right, so we had two noon games this week. Unfortunately, they were both on the same network, the Big Ten network. Uh, the first game it is this one, and it's pretty much the game everyone outside of Minnesota got to watch, and it was number 6 Penn State traveling to Evanston and taking on Northwestern. Uh, the early line I saw was Penn State minus 21. I also saw Penn State minus 26. That's a lot of points, but they were 11-0 against the spread in their last 11 games. Uh, make it 12-0 after this game, uh, although it did look a little dicey early. And look, their defense is playing unbelievable right now. It's them and Ohio State, just in terms of elite defenses in the Big Ten right now. Uh, Michigan has looked great on defense too, uh, but let's be honest, their, their schedule has been so soft up to this point. Uh, Penn State, though, held Iowa to just four first downs last week. On top of that, they've been creating turnovers all season long. They're ranked fifth in Division One in terms of total defense prior to this game. Uh, they were only giving up 8.8 points per game. Uh, I thought Northwestern was going to have so much trouble in this game, not not just offensively and trying to move the ball, but defensively as well. Um, I, I just couldn't imagine them stopping this Penn State offense as averaging 40 and a half points per game through the first month of the season. Uh, Drew Aller is really good. He, he's poised. He's got a number one weapon in Lambert Smith. Uh, the offensive line is really, really good. Uh, we've seen James Franklin be a lot more aggressive this year and go for it multiple times on fourth and short, and they have two elite running backs. And I don't know about you guys, but they're looking more and more each week like they're capable of knocking off Michigan or Ohio State this year. Uh, and then quickly, on the Northwestern side, got to give them some credit. They came back from down 21 last week versus Minnesota. Uh, they were 2-2 two and two on the season coming into this game. They've already surpassed my projected win total for them. Uh, ben Bryant has been playing a lot better. I mean, he actually looked like a Big Ten quarterback last week. Uh, this team went through a lot this offseason, more than any other Big Ten team. 
and they gave Penn State all they could handle in that first half. It, it maybe, just maybe, uh, they caught Penn State sleeping a little bit this week. Penn State has a bye next week. Uh, maybe they lost a little focus coming into this game. Uh, remember, it was only 17-7 in this game last year, and Penn State came into that game as a 25-point favorite. Uh, but ultimately, though, I, I just think Penn State was way too talented. Um, and, and over the past two years now, Northwestern is 0-5 coming off a win. Drew Aller threw for a touchdown and ran one in. Uh, Nick Singleton had 80 yards on the ground and scored his fifth rushing touchdown of the season. Uh, only four touches for Trey Potts, but he made the most of them, uh, rushing and receiving touchdowns. Uh, my takeaway from this game, uh, Penn State's defense continues to impress. They didn't let Ben Bryant get comfortable all day and made a ton of plays in the second half. A fun stat here. Uh, they've won by at least 14 points in every game they played since that loss last season to Ohio State. That's really impressive. Uh, and on Northwestern side, uh, they showed for a half that they can hang with one of the best teams in the country. Uh, two wins on the season. That's two more than I expected from them. Uh, credit to the Wildcats. They're playing with a lot of heart right now. Um, so despite it being tied at halftime, 10-10, Penn State picks up the win here, 41-13. to They have a bye next week. Then they have Massachusetts. Then Ohio State. Uh, and, and for Northwestern, they have a short break from their Big Ten schedule. Howard next week. Then a bye. Then their Big Ten schedule resumes with Nebraska. The other noon game was Louisiana at Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota was a big favorite in this game, but I would have felt a lot more comfortable with them here in this game if they hadn't collapsed last week versus Northwestern. We just talked about it. Uh, blew a 31-10 lead in the fourth quarter. P.J. Fleck, their head coach, called it a catastrophic 15 minutes. Um, I have faith in P.J. Fleck, but, but the team's not performing very well right now. Uh, they're ranked 99th in yards per game, 106 in points per game. They're ranked 8th worst in the country in third down percentage, 70th in total defense, and 99th in pass defense. I'm not great at math, but these numbers don't look good to me at all. Uh, the biggest question mark for me coming into this week in all of the Big Ten games uh, was the status of Darius Taylor for this game. I, I'm not sure how many people have actually gotten to see Taylor this season. Uh, just in my opinion, though, he's one of the best freshman running backs we've had in the Big Ten in a long time, and, and that's saying a lot for this conference. Just quickly for Taylor, he had 198 rushing yards and two touchdowns last week. He's averaging 176 yards on the ground these past three weeks. Uh, he's won three straight Big Ten Freshman of the Week honors, and he leads the Big Ten in rushing with 532 yards coming into this week. Uh, the reason he was my biggest question mark for Week 5 is because he got hurt late last week. They didn't disclose the injury this week. Uh, we weren't sure what it was, and, and their head coach, P.J. Flack, had said, that he wouldn't announce the status of Taylor until two hours before game time. Uh, without Darius Taylor, I thought this might be a tough game for Minnesota. I thought Kelly Kamanis had to play a lot better than he has recently. The defense has to step up a little bit. Uh, it turned out that Darius Taylor didn't end up playing this one, but Minnesota was still able to play really well on offense. Uh, they got a bunch of guys involved in the running game uh, to make up for Taylor's absence. Zach Evans had 85 yards and a touchdown. Bryce Williams had 53 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Sean Tyler got involved and had 47 yards. Daniel Jackson had a big day for this offense as well. 89 yards on five receptions and two touchdowns. Uh, this was a nice bounce back performance after what happened last week. Uh, another fun stat here. Minnesota is now 12-0 all time against the Sunbelt Conference. So... As long as they keep scheduling teams like Louisiana and Arkansas State and Georgia Southern and Troy in their non-conference, I think they'll be just fine. Uh, my takeaway from this game, uh, Minnesota looks shaky on defense. Two weeks in a row now. They, they got to turn that around. And they're going to need Taylor back for this offense sooner rather than later. Uh, Minnesota gets the win here, 35-24. to They're 3-2 and two on the season now. And next week, it's a big one. 
nationally televised primetime game as number two Michigan comes to town in a battle for the little brown jug. Uh, speaking of Michigan, uh, they were up next, taking on Nebraska. Uh, I might be wrong, but I, I think this was the only nationally televised game for the Big Ten this weekend. Um, this game intrigued me more, more than any other game in the Big Ten this week. I, I didn't think this was going to be the closest game or the most competitive game. I, I can't explain it, though. It was, it was just very intriguing to me. We saw Nebraska start out the year just horribly turnovers 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 every single week but they were 2-0 and in their last two coming into this game uh, 2-0 and without their quarterback Jeff Sims Harburg stepped in and I feel like he's done a really good job filling in for Jeff Sims they might actually be a little underrated now uh, very similar to Jeff Sims Harburg has been running the ball a lot uh, he had more rush yards and pass yards last week uh, I just didn't think that Michigan was going to allow Nebraska to run the ball like they've been I, I felt like they were going to say Hey, if you can pass the ball on us, if you can beat us through the air, then then Godspeed. But I, I just couldn't see Jim Harbaugh being okay with Nebraska racking up all these yards with designed QB runs. Uh, coming into this game against a very soft schedule so far, uh, Michigan was currently the number one defense in the country, allowing six points per game, allowing under four and a half yards per play. They haven't been tested, though, if we're being honest. They've been more than a three-and-a-half touchdown favorite in every game so far this season, uh, and they have yet to cover a spread so far. And this was their first game outside of Ann Arbor this season. Nebraska was undefeated at home, winning their two games by a total of 63-25. to I had a stat last week that I brought up that I thought might come into play here in this game. Uh, Nebraska had held all four of their opponents this season to under 60 yards rushing. I even went back and looked at it. Minnesota only rushed for 55 yards. Colorado, 58 yards. Northern Illinois, 26 yards. And Louisiana Tech, 46 yards. Now, did I think Michigan was going to surpass 60 yards on the ground in this one? Yes. Uh, but we shouldn't overlook that Nebraska front seven. Uh, and then one question that I brought up last week that I thought came up again here. Uh, first game with Harbaugh back last week, and we saw a dip in JJ's passing attempts. Only 21 throws versus Rutgers. That's a step back from where he was in the first three games. We also saw him carry the ball seven times for 51 yards. Those seven carries match his total for the first three games combined. Uh, is this Harbaugh changing up the game plan, or am I looking too much into this? Uh, I don't know, uh, but J.J. was on the lower end when it came to passing attempts again. This week, only 16 attempts. Uh, we saw him run the ball a few times here again. Um, my takeaway for both teams in this game. First off, Roman Wilson, Michigan receiver, it had a spectacular touchdown catch. Hopefully you caught it live or, or on Sports Center. Uh, he's got six touchdown catches on the season already. That connection that him and J.J. McCarthy have is special. Uh, the running game was on point on Saturday. I believe they rushed for a season high, was it 249 yards? Uh, the, the defense for the Wolverines was really good, as it's been all season. They shut out the Cornhuskers until like five minutes left in the fourth quarter when Nebraska scored. That's 17 straight conference wins for Michigan now, which is the longest in college football at the moment. Uh, and on the flip side, that's 23 straight losses against a top 25 opponent now for Nebraska. Uh, the thing that I'm curious about is if the voters will give Michigan some first place votes this week. They've been dominating all season, and we've seen Georgia this week especially struggle at times. Uh, but Michigan got the win here, big 45-7, to and it doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. Uh, Indiana at Maryland was up next. Um, so it's been no secret. I, I've liked what I've seen from both of these teams so far. As well as Indiana's playing, though, e even in some of their losses, it's not a good sign when you're barely beating Akron in overtime like Indiana did last week. 
I believe Maryland was a 14-point favorite at home here. Uh, Indiana needed their quarterback, Taven Jackson, to be a little more consistent here if they wanted to keep this one close. Uh, I want to talk about Maryland for a minute here, though. Uh, Still undefeated on the season. Since halftime of that Virginia game, they have been dominating. Uh, Since the second half of that Virginia game, they have outscored their opponents 59-9 coming into this game. That margin increases even more now. Uh, Michigan State didn't look like they had a pulse against them last week. Uh, And I thought if Maryland just played their game in this one and it isn't looking ahead to Ohio State next week, uh, it could get ugly for Indiana. Tagovailoa, Caden Prather, Deshaun Jones, Roman Hemby, uh, Colby McDonald. They have so many weapons on offense now. And I think their defense is starting to get overlooked now. Uh, they have a very solid defense. Tareeb still already has three picks on the year. Uh, they gave up 20 points in that weird Charlotte game. But aside from that, uh, nine points to Michigan State, six points to Towson, 14 to Virginia. And I think one of those touchdowns might have been a pick six uh, and only gave up a handful of points here versus Indiana. Uh, not to get too far ahead of myself, but next week versus Ohio State, noon game on Fox. That's going to be a can't-miss game. Uh, my takeaway from this game, though, uh, Talia Tungavailoa might have secured his spot as a top quarterback in this conference. He He's not the best overall QB prospect. That goes to either J.J. McCarthy or Drew Aller. But just in terms of pure thrower, I, I think he's the guy. Literally, the first play of this game, he hit Ja'Shawn Jones for 62 yards, finished with 352 yards in this one, five more touchdown passes, ran in another touchdown. So that's six on the day. Um, he looks like he's trying to outdo his brother Tua in the NFL. Uh, this is Maryland's best start since 2001 when they started out the year 7-0. and And it looks like the gap between them and the elite teams in the Big Ten, you got Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State, may be closing just a, just a little bit. Uh, and for Indiana, r- rough game for the offense. Uh, defense, too, but, but focusing on the offense. Both quarterbacks played, Jackson and Soresby. I was hoping they were going to stick with Jackson. He had a few nice weeks there, uh, not so much here versus Maryland. They got to figure that out going forward. I, I just don't think it's productive when you have a guy constantly looking over his shoulder, afraid to take a chance because he knows one mistake and he could get yanked. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, Maryland got the win here, 44-17. to 17. Uh, Like I mentioned, huge game next week versus Ohio State. Cannot wait for that game. And for Indiana, they have a bye next week. Then it doesn't get any easier. Uh, They travel to Ann Arbor to take on the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Up next, Illinois at Purdue. Um, So I've been a little dubious on this Illinois team so far. But uh, thankfully for them, I thought going into this game, they were taking on the worst team in the Big Ten this week. I had Purdue ranked even lower than Northwestern before this week. Things have obviously changed. Um, it's odd to me, it was odd to me that Purdue was actually the favorite in this game, one and a half point favorites at home. Um, Purdue got blown out last week versus Wisconsin. They got blown out the week before that versus Syracuse. They've given up 39, 35, and 38 in three of their last four games. Uh, they're really not good on defense, and that's depressing for a team led by Ryan Walters. I, I get that he doesn't have his guys in there yet. Uh, it's going to take some time, but it doesn't even look like the schemes are there yet. Uh, two weeks ago, they let Syracuse quarterback run for 195 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, their defense has shown they can't stop anyone. The offense with Hudson Card, as good as they looked early in the season, was starting to taper off. They definitely picked things up here, uh, and I know Illinois hasn't really impressed all that much either, but They've had a really tough schedule so far, if we're being honest. When you compare them to some of these other Big Ten teams, uh, Toledo is a good MAC team. Actually, they won the MAC last season. Uh, Kansas is a good team. They were 4-0 on the season coming into this week. Uh, Penn State is obviously a really good team. Uh, so between them and Nebraska, they may have the two toughest schedules in the Big Ten up to this point. Uh, I keep saying it, but 
that front seven for Illinois is so dangerous. Even though they've declined a little from what we saw last year, uh, Johnny Newton is starting to come on. Uh, the score didn't reflect it, but they looked decent against Penn State earlier in the year. Uh, what hurt them in that game was the four interceptions thrown by their offense. Purdue has had trouble winning at home. Uh, they can't cover a spread, and they've shown us up to this point they can't stop anyone. Um, but none of that mattered in this game. Uh, Purdue put it on Illinois. A good game for Hudson Card. Luke Almeyer, not his best game. I'm curious to see how long his leash is. Uh, Illinois is two and three now. Maybe they start to look elsewhere at quarterback. I don't know. Um, Illinois just had too many mistakes here. Nine penalties, allowed five sacks, three fumbles, one for 13 on third downs. That's not good. Uh, and, and for Purdue, uh, hopefully this allows them to start building some momentum moving forward. They have a tough game next week versus Iowa, but if they can get up on Iowa early and make them play from behind, they might have a shot in that game. Uh, Purdue gets the win here, 44-19. to Good win for the Boilermakers. Next up was Wagner at Rutgers. A big win here for Rutgers. Outside of last week where they got blitzed by Michigan, uh, Rutgers has been really impressive so far. They're averaging over 25.5 points per game, which is a step up from last season. Uh, their offenses look better. Their defenses look better. And I think there's some positives that they can take away from that Michigan loss last week. They actually had a lead early. Uh, it was close at halftime. It was close nearing the end of the third quarter. Uh, Wimsat played a lot better in this game than he did versus the Wolverines last season. Uh, I honestly like what I'm seeing from them so far. If they can continue to slow down the game early in these upcoming weeks, I, I think that we'll see... Wimsat get more and more comfortable. He had a nice rebound game this week, and I saw a quote from Greg Schiano this week that I liked. Uh, he said, trust me, uh, this week our preparation will be as hard as it's been, just a little bit harder because that's what you do each week is try to out-prepare yourself. So they obviously weren't overlooking this Wagner team. And looking ahead, Rutgers is 4-1 and now, Wisconsin next week. They'll be the underdogs versus the Badgers, but I think they have a shot in that game, especially without Ches Malushi. Um, after that, they have Michigan State and Indiana. Those both should be wins. Uh, their last four is where it gets tricky. Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, and Maryland to close out the year. Um, I still see them picking up six wins and playing in a bowl game come December, which has to be exciting if you're a fan of the Scarlet Knights. Um, quickly, my takeaway from this game, six rushing touchdowns for Rutgers. That's impressive. Gavin Wimsatt looked good. Uh, he doesn't have the numbers that'll blow you away, but he's playing consistent. He's making the right plays when he needs to, and he's not making huge mistakes. Uh, and their defense continues to be awesome. I mean, just this season, outside of the Michigan game, they've given up seven, seven, 16, and three points here. Uh, you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, Rutgers gets the win here, 52-3. to three. Um, and the final game we had on our slate this week was Michigan State at Iowa, and Michigan State is in total disarray right now, really ever since the Mel Tucker news came down. Uh, Noah Kim's production has tapered off. Nate Carter's production has tapered off. Uh, their defense isn't giving much of an effort right now, and it should speak volumes. When you came into this game as an 11.5-point underdog to this Iowa offense, uh, I'm not going to be too tough on Iowa, though. Uh, to me, outside of the play calling, it seems like the biggest issue is that the offensive line looks overwhelmed. I I'm not sure they did a great job preparing this offense coming into the season. Uh, in the past, when they couldn't pass the ball, they could at least run the ball. And, and it doesn't seem like the running game is an option for them right now. Uh, Cade McNamara hasn't proven to be the answer just yet. Uh, there's still a lot of time left in the season. Uh, I will say... Um, Cade McNamara might have some of the most interesting press conferences I've ever seen from a big-time quarterback. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, it, he'll say some weird stuff and then just giggle throughout the rest of the questions. It, it's really odd. Um, but 
I digress. Um, with that being said, I just felt like Michigan State is ready to throw in the towel. They haven't yet, but I feel like they're close. Um, I, I didn't have too much confidence in either of these teams coming into this week, but I think I have just a little more faith in Iowa figuring out this offense than I do in Michigan State turning this thing around. Uh, Iowa got the win here 26-16. to 16. Uh, Cooper DeGene continues to be an absolute beast. Uh, one of the best cover corners in the Big Ten. Add punt returner to his resume as well. 70-yard punt return for a touchdown uh, with like three minutes left in the game. That helped seal it for Iowa. Um, I, I, honestly, I think Iowa wins by more if they don't lose their quarterback in this one. McNamara got hurt in the second drive of the game. Uh, Deacon Hill came in and played solid. But, I, I mean, you could tell, even for Iowa, they dialed it back a little bit. Uh, and, and really, they could afford to because their defense continues to just play great week after week. Um, they held Michigan State without an offensive point in the second half and forced four turnovers. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, Iowa's got Purdue next week. I think that's going to be an interesting game, especially if Cade McNamara can't go. And then Michigan State has a bye week, and then they're playing a Rutgers team that is on an absolute mission right now. All right, so my game ball for the week is going to Talia Tungavailoa, quarterback of the Maryland Terrapins. I, I thought about giving it to Purdue's offense. Huge win for them this week, but ultimately I decided on Talia. Six total touchdowns, five through the air and one on the ground, 350 yards passing, hit nine different receivers. He's been terrific all year, and, and I'm a fan of what he's doing. Um, and hey, quickly, before we wrap up today, after the game's wrapped up on Saturday, I sat down and I updated my power rankings for the Big Ten. Uh, these are obviously through week five and they're fluid. They're going to change weekly, but uh, here they are. Uh, at number one, I have Michigan. It's going to be tough to argue that. A close second, though, I have Penn State, Ohio State at number three. Uh, this is where things got a little difficult. Four and five are interchangeable right now for me, but at number four, I have Maryland. And at number five, I have Rutgers. Uh, Wisconsin is at six. Iowa just barely ahead of these next few teams at number seven. Uh, Minnesota is at eight. Indiana at nine. Nebraska at 10. Purdue at 11. Illinois at 12. Northwestern at 13. And finally, Michigan State has fallen all the way to number 14. Uh, and then real quick, I, I want to give a shout out to C.J. Stroud and Aiden O'Connell, former Big Ten quarterbacks. Uh, Stroud's been playing really well all season for the Texans, picked up his second win of the season this weekend. Uh, and he's currently the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And O'Connell got his first star for the Raiders. Tough matchup against the Chargers, but I thought he held his own, threw for more yards than Justin Herbert, and only lost by a touchdown. Uh, rooting for both those guys this season. So that's it for the podcast this week. Uh, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me. Hey, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe on Spotify or whatever platform you use. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you're supposed to call it, uh, at BTR Show Pod. Uh, thank you, everyone, and we'll see you guys next time.